Good evening. It's 8 o'clock. The top headlines tonight. Breaking news coming in. China's second aggression attempt in 24 hours. India confirms the second China attempt just yesterday to try and change the status quo. India says the Chinese aggression came at the same time as peace talks were on. Meanwhile, exclusive details of how China moved its tanks this weekend, but Indian troops stopped them. Farewell to a former president, a state funeral, gun salute and PPE suits at Pradha Mukherjee's funeral. Earlier, the president, prime minister, ministers Rahul Gandhi and the Delhi chief minister paid tribute to him. Internationally, China also pays condolences and state mourning is announced in Bangladesh. The current loan moratorium can be extended for two years. The centre tells the Supreme Court that the RBI can, within its powers, extend that. Is it a hint that there will be a popular, uh, possible extension? Meanwhile, the chief economic advisor speaks exclusively to NDTV, says a V-shaped recovery is based on data, not opinions. More than half India's COVID cases were reported just in August. The good news, the growth rate of cases in the worst states is declining, but it's coming up again in other states and Delhi reports its highest cases in nearly two months. After the Congress, now the telecom minister writes to Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. In his letter, he says, Facebook staff are on record abusing the prime minister and senior ministers and adds that it's been used by anarchic and radical elements. Were prescription drugs given to Sushant Singh by his sisters just a week before his death? Now WhatsApp chats emerge between him and his sisters with a prescription from a Delhi doctor just days before he died. Sushant's family lawyer says these WhatsAppers are unverified. Across India, engineering entrance exams for the IITs begin today. Lakhs of students take the main exam today. No public transport in some places and a lockdown, parents struggle. After seven months in jail under tough anti-terror charges, Allahabad High Court says free Dr. Kafil Khan. His detention is illegal. There is nothing objectionable to a speech he gave against the Citizenship Act. Cricketer Suresh Raina writes to the Punjab chief minister after his uncle and cousin are killed by unknown assailants. His aunt is critical. Punjab sets up a special probe team. Raina is back in India after he left the IPL amid the tournament, uh, before the tournament began. Well, the breaking news tonight. Confirmation by India that China tried a second aggression attempt just 24 hours ago. Vishnu has the latest details on that. Vishnu, what are the details of the second Chinese attempt in 24 hours? Well, we've got some exclusive details I was able to gather in just the last 20 minutes or so. In this particular attempt, which was a daytime attempt, uh, Indian Army soldiers were surrounded uh, by many of these Chinese soldiers uh, who were actually trying to get into many of the positions of the, uh, uh, where the Indian Army has occupied uh, the heights. So that's uh, what has actually taken place. There was shouting which took place. The Chinese soldiers were actually warned. Uh, they were told, look, do not under any circumstances come up. Uh, and there was a hotline because remember uh, this second round of talks uh, was taking, the first round of talks between local commanders was taking place. That local commander of the Chinese, a brigadier equivalent, was told, 
tell your soldiers to move away from there. That message was passed on and the Chinese went away. Those details exclusive to NDTV at this hour. Time, Vishnu, within the last three days that India has repelled Chinese attacks. What's the big message coming out of here as far as India sees very strong statements coming from China as well? Why is China escalating at a time which, as India puts it, peace talks were going on at the time that China made its second attempt? I think there is, an, there is a feeling now in New Delhi that the Chinese may be talking peace, but it's only notional. Real peace is not going to come. They haven't de-escalated. They haven't lived up to their promises. And by opening up a new front in an entirely new area, which has been relatively undisputed in the past, it shows what their intent is. And that intent appears to be to disregard the line of actual control, even though it's disputed, uh, and to sort of take over or attempt to take over areas which they believe are theirs. Well, the Indian Army is now controlling multiple key ridges on the south bank of the Pangong Lake. It's effective uh, military control of the entire disputed area in the region. But the big breaking story, as we've been reporting, a fresh attempt by Chinese forces yesterday, even as talks were going on to engage in provocative action, this detail has emerged in an external affairs ministry statement that you've got on your screen. But let's just tell you where this is all happening. This map shows all the areas where there have been incursions since May. The area we are talking about is Pangong South. That's the area which has been highlighted. Now, the Indian Army is in full control of the south bank of the Pangong Lake by occupying key ridges. After a nighttime attempt by Chinese forces to grab territory on the 29th and 30th of August. Now, we'll be showing you what exactly the Indian Army has managed to do by holding the heights. By occupying these ridges, the Indian Army is able to directly observe Chinese positions from a height, a huge advantage in mountain warfare. We'll be bringing you some images of what this means. This is firstly the broad area where the Indian Army is now dominating the heights. These are the Indian Army positions that you see over there. And now you can see the Chinese positions within the so-called disputed zone, an area which we believe is ours. This is a close-up now of Chinese structures along the banks of the Spangor Lake. Let's change to that next image which shows the Chinese positions over there. India responded to a Chinese attempt at building up tank forces and infantry a short distance away. Now, this is what we want to try and explain to you. These are the same areas when viewed from the heights. Let's change the image so that you can see the enormous advantage that you get. This bird's eye view is from a particular position near about which India occupies a height and those are the Chinese positions which you saw a few moments later. Now let's go to the next image. The next image actually shows you the Chinese road in this so-called disputed area. Remember, it's not disputed for India, it's disputed for them, linking up to the Chinese positions that we've seen. Now, this same road, let's take another angle to, let's change the image. And again, as you can see, from that advantageous position of the heights, Chinese tanks and armored personnel carriers can be targeted. Again, a different angle, but again, from one of the areas which India now is believed to occupy in the South Bank is China itself, what you see across is China. It's undisputed China, but from this position, across the line of control, you can actually look down. And this is seen to be a huge advantage for India. Now, the Chinese embassy has said earlier on today that India's moves grossly violated China's territorial sovereignty and that these military moves have damaged peace and tranquility along China-India border areas. We insist India insists that our actions are defensive and preemptive 
because they prevented an aggressive Chinese push into areas which have been relatively undisputed. So what's important, Vishnu, is you're pointing out that China's continued aggression and very aggressive statements as well, but India making sure that it's in control of the situation here. So clearly, the whole de-escalation efforts now seems to be in tatters. Let's see what happens diplomatically over the next few days and uh, let's see how that actually plays out. But the other big news, of course, is that a day after we had our worst GDP contraction, in fact, the GDP has shrunk by almost a quarter. NDTV spoke exclusively to the chief economic advisor. He was asked about his constant claims of a V-shaped recovery, which have been attacked by the opposition, ex-finance minister P. Chidambaram, telling us he's been talking about V-shaped recovery since 2019. Right, so Dr. Subramanian, you pointed out what you say are green shoots of the economy, but let me just get various reactions because in fact, uh, this term you use, V-shaped recovery, it's of course a well-known economic th theory as well, but you have been criticized by many for this term because making the point that you have been now saying V-shaped recovery from the time this slowdown or actually this, uh, we actually went into this economic slide or crash. In fact, uh, Ratan Roy, the former PM's economic advisory council, the former council of the current PM, the current government says, I don't know the alphabets he's talking about, I know economics. The former finance minister, P. Chidambaram, has said, you've been talking about a V-shaped recovery since 2019, and of course he's criticized you and saying that, you know, you haven't even met the prime minister recently. This is just your theories, which have no basis on the ground. How would you respond to the various critics? I mean, this V-shaped recovery is becoming almost a spoof online now. Sonia, as I was already, um, you know, pointing out, I am speaking based on the uh, data that I am seeing, and I actually listed those out. Uh, what is a V-shaped recovery? A V-shaped is basically when there is a fall, after which the indicators start going up. It's possible that the slope actually may not be exactly the same as that of the fall, because the fall is a, is a drastic one. But clearly, the indicators that I gave you, whether it's the e-way bills, whether it's actually the freight, you know, cement or steel consumption or power consumption or, you know, um, the core sector output, clearly after the significant decline, there is, there is recovery. So, you know, I'm speaking based on data. I'm not here to give an opinion or even to respond to opinion. We can watch that full interview later tonight. But meanwhile, is this a possible hint that the center may extend the current loan moratorium by two years? The Solicitor General, Tushar Mehta, today told the Supreme Court when he was asked, has the moratorium been extended? He said it is extendable up to two years as per the circular. The center also told the Supreme Court that the GDP is down 23.9%. The economy is stressed, so no commitment, but the RBI is within its rights to extend the moratorium according to the center. The Supreme Court had said last week that the current situation was caused by the lockdown. So uh, is the government looking at an extension? Well, the other big headline, the Supreme Court has given the telecom companies 10 years to pay their dues. Now, that's much less than what they had originally asked for, but it is still beyond the original two years, which had been given by the Supreme Court. A breather by the top court, for Airtel and Vodafone especially. They now have 10 years to pay approximately 26,000 crores and 50,000 crores instead of paying it right now. This is for past revenue, that is aggregated gross revenue, from non-core parts of business like rent. 
So is it good news for the companies and consumers? Well, Vodafone Idea, whose stock today down by 13.7% is fighting for survival because of huge debts. While Bharti Airtel stocks up by 7.1%. The ability to pay varies from one company to another. It is different for each company and the fact also is that uh, Jio is practically unaffected by this judgment in any manner. Telecom operators say they have asked for 15 to 20 years as the money they'll have to shell out is huge. Vodafone Idea has a balance amount of 50,400 crore due and Bharti Airtel has a balance amount of 25,985 crore. Reliance Jio's balance amount is nil and the telecom companies already under the insolvency and, and bankruptcy code also have substantial dues. India has one of the lowest data rates but now many expect telecom companies to increase their tariffs. In this economic slowdown, already thin budget, I just can't pay more for my calls or data. Today's top court verdict could mean India's telecom sector may continue to see three large players, Vodafone Idea, Bharti Airtel and Reliance Jio. But will the journey be an easy one? And in the already worrying scenario and a complete economic meltdown, can the common man really afford a tariff hike at this point? With A. Vedyanathan, Sakshi Bajaj for NDTV. Well, in other news, one day for a parliamentary panel begins a hearing into charges against Facebook. Now it's the telecom minister who's written to the Facebook global boss, Mark Zuckerberg. Vasu, tell us the details of that letter written by Ravi Shankar Prasad. Interestingly, says senior Facebook staff still there abuse the prime minister and senior cabinet ministers. That's right. Uh, now, uh, just to put this in context, we do know that this is a position that the government and members of the BJP ministers have taken in the past. There's almost been an attempt to try to counter the impression that Facebook is actually controlled by or has been infiltrated by those who are close to the BJP by going on a counter-attack. And now, just the day before this parliamentary panel meets, on the back of multiple media reports, including in the Wall Street Journal, which indicates that high-level Facebook executives like Anki Das have actually been, in a way, protecting the BJP's interests within Facebook, has come, as I put it, this counter-attack uh, letter. And the letter is quite strong. It's even stronger than in the past. Uh, it says that a number of pages have been deleted by Facebook, uh, which are basically supportive of right-of-center ideology, and that there's no recourse to all those people who are running those pages. It says that the Facebook India team, right from the India managing director to other senior officials, is dominated by people who belong to a particular political belief, indicating, obviously, that they are more aligned with the Congress or with the opposition uh, belief and not with the BJP, as these media reports have been pointing out. And also, as you mentioned, it says that it's problematic when Facebook employees are on record abusing the Prime Minister and senior cabinet ministers of India while still working in Facebook. The only problem with this letter, Sonia, as with allegations that have been made similarly in the past, is that Mr. Prasad does not supply any evidence to back it up. While the Wall Street Journal report does cite its sources, it has spoken, it, says, it claims to say, to uh, current and former employees of Facebook. Uh, it has also cited internal communications of Facebook, where those like Anki Das are seen to be plugging Mr. Modi's cause. In this case, Mr. Ravi Shankar Prasad says he's simply referring to media reports. But it certainly does muddy the waters and it makes it appear much more that this is a case of he said, she said, with the Congress alleging that it's the BJP which is sort of right. manipulating Facebook and the government alleging 
quite the reverse. So how it all plays out, whether Anki Das will testify tomorrow at the parliamentary panel, all that of course remains to be seen. Right, and it's a stormy meeting there, headed of course by Congress MP Shashi Thru, but the majority there being with NDA MPs on that standing committee. Meanwhile, the big news, what's the latest on COVID cases? Well, globally now we're adding the highest case in the world and August, on the 1st of September, we can just look back at August, we saw that in August we've ordered, uh, we actually had over 50% of our COVID cases added. So we added globally the highest number of COVID cases daily, plus over 50% of India's cases as well. Let's just look at the key points of August. 54% of India's 36 lakh cases added in August alone with almost 1,000 people dying daily in the last week. The doubling rate, however, has improved. Now, this is good news because that means it takes longer to reach that same time from 21 days to 34 to reach the same number of cases. The average growth rate is down sharply. Even the death rate has dipped, though in absolute numbers, more people are dying daily. Now, the worst hit states, let's just look at that. That's Maharashtra, Andhra Pradesh and Tamil Nadu especially have managed to lower their growth rate in the last one month. But worryingly, we can see a spike now in smaller states and union territories like Chandigarh and uh, the UT and of course Chhattisgarh and Uttarakhand, the smaller states are all going up and in Delhi too has seen a rise in its growth rate unlike most other states. In fact, Delhi recorded over 2,300 new cases in the last 24 hours. So that's the context within which the main engineering entrance examinations began today. There have been huge protests against these but lakhs of students across the country turned up for the exams today, though some parents and students complained of how hard it was to get transport at a time when public transport is shut down. Across India, one of the country's toughest exams, the Joint Entrance Exams or JEE, began today in the middle of a pandemic. Everyone's top concern was safety. Saikat Biswas and his son travelled 150 kilometres from Tehato to Kolkata in a hired car that cost 4,000 rupees. This father and son duo left home at 3.30 a.m. to drive over 100 kilometers to the center. They go back today and return tomorrow for the second exam. Some transport problem, other problem, but... Actually, the life has to carry on. We have to. Uh, my son is also prepared. He is also frustrated because for the last eight months he's been studying. He's been dreaming that I'll be uh, giving this exam. But now, uh, if the exam get cancelled, it have been a setback for him. In Chennai, it was a similar story. Parents spending money they can barely afford to ensure their children take this crucial exam. It's really problem for us because uh, there are more many traffic are there. And also by booking cab we came also, but somewhat social distancing, somewhat we managed about. Social distancing went for a toss outside the center as anxious parents huddled together. At most centers, arrangements were made for temperature checks, social distancing and fresh masks were supplied. But for thousands, it was still a struggle. Ishwar had left home at 5 a.m. from Nizamabad to get to the exam center 160 kilometers away in Hyderabad. 
but arrived at the wrong center before someone quickly drove him to the right one. Public transport bhi nahi hai? Nahi hai. Phir hum log ghoom ghoom public transport to nahi hai na, mera mukaay. Hum dhubri se hai. Hum private gari lega hai. Kaise aaye hai aap? Matlab kis tarah se aap aaye hai? Gari bhara kar ke aana pada? Haan, gari bhara kar raha hai. Kharcha bhi ho raha hai guardians? Haan, kharcha bhi ho raha hai. Jaya ho raha hai. Jahaan humara 300-400 ho raha hai, yadda 5,000-6,000 lag jata hai. Five more days to go for eight lakh students to take their JEE mains, the engineering entrance exam. After which comes the challenge of NEET, the medical entrance exam. 15 lakh students will give that exam on a single day on September 13th. With inputs from Delhi, Kolkata, Chennai, Lucknow, Bhopal and Guwahati in Hyderabad, Uma Sudhir, NDTV. Well, in other news, today the parents of actor and Sushant's ex-girlfriend Rhea Chakrabarti were questioned by the CBI today. Meanwhile, new WhatsApps have emerged which are allegedly between Sushant's sister and Sushant just a week before his death where she sends him a prescription from Delhi even though the doctor hasn't met him prescribing him certain mental health drugs. They had said in the FR that they had no idea that Sushant needed any drugs for his mental health. However, their lawyer has said these WhatsApps are unverified, but Ria's lawyers say this shows that they were fully aware just the days before his death that he was under depression and needed treatment. Ria Chakrabarti's parents questioned by the CBI for the first time in the Sushant Singh Rajput case. They were named in an FIR filed by the actor's father, KK Singh, in Patna. Sushant's family accuses them of mentally harassing him and deny that he was dealing with any mental health issues. But now WhatsApp chats of Rajput and his sister Priyanka have emerged discussing his anxiety attack where Priyanka claims to have managed to get a prescription of drugs by a renowned Delhi doctor. The chats mention Librium, Nexito and Lonazep. If you go by any, any human being who has family and who is who's trying to stay in touch with you and uh, if you were to be everyone at home is a lawyer everyone home is a doctor it's extremely important that the doctor needs to see the client because sometimes by just giving anti-anxieties you suppress a problem you know if a person is depressed then he or she may need to take an antidepressant in a proper dose the Bihar FIR accused Riya Chakravarti of giving Sushant medication and taking him for treatment without their knowledge. The Delhi doctor's prescription facilitated by Priyanka has now raised contradictions. With Saurabh Gupta in Mumbai and Arun Singh in Delhi, Rohit Wellington for NDTV. The other big headline, the Allahabad court has come, out has come down strongly dismissing all terror charges against an Uttar Pradesh doctor, Kafil Khan, who was jailed under a tough National Security Act for a speech he gave against the Citizenship Act at Aligarh Muslim University. He's been in jail for seven months. The court said he must be freed immediately, but he's still in jail because his family says that the orders still haven't come. Free Dr. Kafil Khan immediately. A strong order from the Allahabad High Court in favor of the Gorakhpur doctor who has spent seven months in prison. Dr. Khan was detained under the stringent National Security Act for this anti-CAA speech he gave at the Aligarh Muslim University. I will appeal, I will appeal all the 
my brothers of sisters of Indian who believe in prosperous and united India that they should oppose this draconian law. ये हमारे वजूद की लड़ाई है। ये हमारे वजूद की लड़ाई है। ये इससे हमें लड़ना पड़ेगा। ये और ये मैं बता दूँ, कोई लड़ाई का मतलब है मार पीट नहीं करनी। डेमोक्रेटिक वे में लड़ना है। Dr. Khan was arrested in January this year, and NSA charges imposed against him in February, just two days after he got bail from an alleged court. In its NSA detention order, the UP government said that Dr. Khan's alleged speech was an attempt at inciting enmity and hatred. But in a very strong order, the Allahabad High Court judges today said, a complete reading of the speech, Prime of Asai does not disclose any effort to promote hatred or violence. The court also singled out Ali Gert's district magistrate, saying, it appears that the district magistrate had selective reading and selective mention for a few phrases from the speech, ignoring its true intent. The prosecution did not even give Dr. Khan a copy of his speech to fight the court case, which the court ruled violates the precious fundamental right of a detainee. Dr. Kafil Khan continues to remain in the Mathura prison where he has been for the past seven months. However, the jail authorities have told me that they can only release Dr. Khan after a written and a signed order by the DM of Aligarh. However, there is an utter silence in Aligarh that when that order would be written and signed. With Alok Pandey in Lucknow, Saurav Gautam in Mathura and Sanjay Kaushik, Kamaksha Dongre, Fendi TV. A quick look at some other news. Well, a Punjab special investigation team has been formed after the Punjab chief minister ordered a special probe into the attack on cricketer Suresh Raina's family, which included his uncle and cousin brother dying because of this brutal attack. Suresh Raina left the IPL for personal reasons. Apparently, because of this brutal attack in his family, his aunt is still critical and battling for her life. He tweeted the chief minister, after which there was immediate reaction of the chief minister saying he will now personally monitor the probe. Well, we end tonight with a special tribute, a state funeral to a Bharat Ratna, our ex-president Pranab Mukherjee. A state funeral which also saw PPE suits, but there was also the gun salute and the emotion was heartfelt as the president, prime minister, congress leaders, Rahul Gandhi all paid tribute to a man who was known as a constitutional encyclopedia and a statesman. बदलाव का भावना से, रिवेंज का भावना से आगे नहीं बढ़ पाओगे। और उसका कोई कंपलसन होगा, जो होगा होगा, वो तो ना ज़्यादा नुकसान तो नहीं कर पाया। बी हैप्पी, वो कैसे? पूरे देश के लिए गहरे दुख और सदमे की बात है। आज हमने उस दादा को खो दिया है कि जिसके पास हम हिस्ट्री के बारे में अपनी पार्टी के बारे में जानने के लिए जाते